friends. Welcome back to the Love Your People Well podcast. Today, we are going to be looking at four scriptures and how they apply to us as parents. What do we learn about being a good parent from these four scriptures? I think that question of, you know, how can I be a good parent? Obviously, that's a huge question, and that is a super important question. And if you have kids, I know that it's one that you have thought about, that you have wondered about. Now, I'm not saying we're going to unpack every single possible element of being a good parent today, but being a good parent starts in Scripture. And so we're going to turn to the Bible. We're going to look at four passages, which you're probably familiar with, but we're going to specifically apply them to our parenting. Before we dive into today's episode, though, I want to remind you, if you missed the little bonus announcement yesterday, that we are doing a giveaway. We are officially two weeks away from my birthday. What, what? I love birthdays. They're fun. And I want to celebrate with you. And so we are giving away two copies of the book, Boundaries, When to Say Yes, How to Say No to Take Control of Your Life by Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend. This book, Boundaries, is one that I recommend all the time in the counseling room. It is super helpful. It's a really easy read. It's very practical. And so far on this podcast, episode 13, which was all about boundaries, has been our most popular episode. And so I know that you are interested in learning more about boundaries. So I'm giving away two copies of the book along with a gift card for some coffee. You know, treat yourself out, get a latte, read the book, or at least read maybe a chapter. So that is our giveaway, and here is how you can enter. There are actually five chances over the next two weeks to enter, and I will be announcing our two winners on my birthday on July 13th. That is a Tuesday, so we're airing an episode, and so we will be announcing the winners then. Now, two things to be aware of. Number one, you need to be 18 or older to enter, and number two, you need to be located in, or at least I need to be mailing this to, the continental United States. So there are five ways that you can enter, five opportunities. Number one, leave a written review of the podcast. Just scroll down to the bottom of the episode uh, page. You'll see the other reviews that are there. Right above those, you can click on the link, leave a written review. Number two is to then take a screenshot of your review, post it in your Instagram stories, and tag me. It's at loveyourpeoplewell. The tagging is how you will officially be entered in the giveaway. So that is leaving a written review. Now, if you've already left a written review, you can still get that first entry um, by taking a screenshot of the the podcast homepage as a whole um, or posting something in general in your Instagram stories about how this podcast has blessed you. And again, tag me at Love Your People Well. That is our first entry, the written review, something positive about this podcast. And then there are four more opportunities because I don't know if you're interested in math, But I've done it for you. We have four episodes before that Tuesday, July 13th um, end of the giveaway. And so we have today's episode as well as this upcoming Friday and then next week, Tuesday and Friday. Each of these episodes, again, take a screenshot of the episode while you're listening to it, post it on your Instagram stories and tag me at loveyourpeoplewell. Each of these five um, Instagram stories where you're tagging me will be a separate entry in the giveaway. And on July 13th, we will announce our two winners of the book Boundaries, When to Say Yes, How to Say No, to Take Control of Your Life, so good, along with a gift card for coffee. 
So that is the giveaway. I wanted to make sure that you were in the know before we jump into today's episode. All right, friend, let's get to it. Welcome to the Love Your People Well podcast, where we help women grow godly relationships, grateful hearts, and grace-filled lives. I'm Jess, and I'm a marriage and family therapist, a Christian, a wife, a mom, and I believe that God creates us for relationships, relationship with Him and with each other. So if you're looking to love God well, to love yourself, your family, and those around you well, you're in the right place. Stick around, friend, and let's get started. Okay, today we are tackling the age-old question, how can I be a good parent? By looking at four specific scriptures that will help us better understand how to lead our children, how to connect with our children, how to parent our children. Before we dive into the content today, I want to give my, uh, my usual disclaimer. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. Yes, a big part of family therapy is the parent-child dynamic. Um, so that is a part of my background. It's a part of my knowledge. It's who I am. But this podcast is not counseling. This is not professional therapy. This is not personal advice to you, your family, your situation. If you do think counseling is something that would be helpful for you, check out the link in the show notes because it will provide some helpful guidance about how to think about pursuing counseling and how to find a great counselor. Okay, friends, with that in mind, we are going to jump in to our first scripture. So we are going to be looking at Galatians chapter 5, uh, verses 22 to 23. This is the fruit of the Spirit. So you are probably familiar with this passage, but I wonder how much you've really thought about how it connects with your parenting. So here is the fruit of the Spirit that's listed out. Uh, Galatians 5, verse 22. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I'm confident that every time you hear that list of the fruit in the spirit, there are some of them that probably jump out to you as uh, areas for prayer, areas for growth. Um, I don't know about you, but I would love for the Holy Spirit to really be pressing into patience. I would love to develop greater and greater patience. And that's true in my life in general, but you know what? It is especially true in my parenting. And I think the fruit of the spirit should be most obvious in our own homes. These are the people who see us at our best, at our worst. It's in our home that we let our guard down. And kids, you know what? I mean, let's be honest, they can really push our buttons. (laughs) Sometimes they're trying to because they're little, they're figuring out the world, they need so much from us. They need help, they need support, they need emotional care, and they don't have the same fruit developed in their lives that has hopefully been developed in ours. And so, so many of us find ourselves most easily frustrated in our home, especially by our children. So I want to offer four specific applications. How can we apply the fruit of the Spirit? Now, this is all by the grace of God, absolutely. But how can we apply the fruit of the Spirit in our parenting? Number one, Speak your words by the fruit of the the Spirit. Every time you're talking to your kids, if those words are filled with peace and kindness, if those words are demonstrating gentleness and self-control and patience, then we are doing well. 
by our children. So speak your words by the fruit of the Spirit. Number two, in our parenting, handle conflict with your children by the fruit of the Spirit. Now again, we see patience is going to be necessary when we are arguing with our kids, whether they're a toddler and they're just fighting about do they want to wear their jacket outside or not, or maybe they're teenagers and they want to borrow the car, they want to change their curfew, arguments are going to come up. The question is, can we approach that conflict with patience and goodness and faithfulness and self-control? And of course, all the other fruit that is listed there. And so think about the fruit of the Spirit and how that specifically applies to conflict and disagreement with your kids. Because again, uh, you've probably heard that cliche, right? Like, you're the grown-up, they're the kid. We are the ones who have the responsibility to display more patience, more goodness, more self-control. In part, yes, because we're older, we're more mature, we have more experience, but largely because we have more time with the Lord. We have had more opportunity for the Holy Spirit to show us what these things look like in real life and to produce this fruit. Number three, an application here from Galatians 5 is to teach your children by the fruit of the Spirit. When you're teaching your children, I mean, I I don't know about you, but that's when I need patience the most. Uh, My daughter right now is is learning how to buckle things. You know, she can put the buckle together, but then she can't take it apart again. And she loves doing it. And trust me, my friends, it takes patience to sit there with her and let her put it together, hand it to me, I pull it apart. She puts it together, she hands it to me, I pull it apart. Um, That's a very small example of something that I'm teaching my daughter, something that she's learning But that is a great opportunity to show and display to her what patience looks like, what kindness looks like. Because every time she hears that click of the buckle, she smiles at me and I can say, great job. I can say, you're working so hard at that. I can affirm her and praise her for this repetitive action that, of course, to me, like, duh, it's a buckle. But you know what? She's 18 months. She's learning. And so when we're teaching our children, we need to teach them by the fruit of the Spirit. And our fourth application here, um, it might go back to handling conflict, but is to discipline your children by the fruit of the Spirit. And what I particularly mean there is that when we discipline, the primary focus should be on the relationship itself not the misbehavior, not the consequence, not our emotional response to the situation. But the reason that parents discipline is not just really to shape behavior, it is to help our children experience what it is like to draw closer to the Lord, what it is like to hurt a relationship by misbehavior, by lying, defiance, whatever it might be, and then find restoration in that relationship. And so when you do need to discipline your children, do that by the fruit of the Spirit. So that is our first scripture to apply to our parenting, is applying the fruit of the Spirit into every interaction with our kids. The second scripture that we're going to look at today is Ephesians 5.21, which says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. 
You're probably familiar with that. Uh, right after this verse is a very famous passage about wives submitting to their husbands and husbands loving their wives. But so often we ignore this starting verse, <laughs> submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And so often, probably even more often, we don't think about submitting to our children out of reverence for Christ. But I think that that is a mistake. Scripture does not encourage us as parents to step back from responsibility or to let our children lead the family. But this verse is placed in the context of our responsibility as parents to walk in love, to be wise in every situation, and to fill ourselves with the Spirit of God. So when we think about submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ, that includes our kids. Now let's look at a few applications of this. Uh, first of all, submitting to our children, one of the ways that we do that is to get to know them as individual people. Know their preferences, know their fears and their talents and their pet peeves, and then approach them in ways that are respectful and honoring of that. If you know that your kid loves cooking, find opportunities for them to help you in the kitchen as you're making dinner. If you know that your kid is scared of heights, we don't need to be pushing them at every opportunity to get higher, get higher, face that fear. We need to come alongside them and care for them and help them. So get to know them as individual people and then approach them accordingly. A second application of submitting um, to our children out of reverence for Christ is to talk with them often and ask questions about the things that are important to them. As a parent, so many of our conversations have this kind of atmosphere of teaching. I'm the parent, you're the child, I know more than you, um, but it is so meaningful to take opportunity to simply listen to them, to ask questions, to invest in inviting them to share with you about their thoughts, their dreams, their desires, whatever it is that they're thinking about. You could care less about dinosaurs. Okay, maybe, maybe you could care less about dinosaurs or Legos or whatever it is your kid is into. But if they're into it, talk with them about that. Take time to ask questions, to listen, to let them share their life with you. And I'm going to give one more application here for Ephesians 5:21, which is to join them in the activities that they enjoy. So similar to how it's meaningful to ask questions and to invite conversation that they enjoy, join them in the actual activities. Even if you find them incredibly boring, <laughs> I'm confident you don't find your kid incredibly boring. And so learn about the topics they're interested in, uh, go to the sporting events that they are interested in. Obviously you don't have to do this all the time, but to come alongside them in their journey is one way that we can submit to our children out of reverence for Christ. Okay, let's look at scripture number three here is 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Uh, now, this is a really famous chapter all about love. What is love? We hear it read at wedding ceremonies all the time, but you know what? You don't just love your husband, you love your kids. So if we look at um, verses 14 and 15 here, it says, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. So I wonder, how do your kids, number one, experience love from you, 
but also what do they learn about love as they watch you and how you're treating other people? Do they get to see you loving your spouse? Do they see you loving your in-laws? Do they see you loving their friends, their teachers, their mentors? So here are a few specific applications for how 1 Corinthians 13 can shape our parenting, can make us better parents. Our first application is to speak respectfully about people who disagree with you. You might not be talking to your kid about a disagreement you're having with somebody else or something that's happening on social media, but trust me, your kid is listening. They notice if you are speaking respectfully about other people, including other people who disagree with you. And so this is a huge part of parenting is not just to model this directly with your kids, but in every conversation because they are listening in even when you think they're distracted by YouTube or they're distracted by their Legos or whatever it is. Yes, that might be getting most of their attention, but they notice your words, your tone of voice. They notice if you are loving people who disagree with you. A second application of 1 Corinthians 13 in our parenting is to show gratitude more often than grumbling. If we think back to these verses from uh, 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind, love is not easily angered. If our parents hear us, you know, every day, it's the end of the day, we're tired, and all we're doing is grumbling about how messy the kitchen is, how stressful our day was, how chaotic tomorrow's going to be, why are there shoes all over the floor? (laughs) If all they're hearing is grumbling, they're not getting the picture that love is patient, kind, not self-seeking, not easily angered. And so when we show gratitude more often than grumbling, once again, our kids are picking up on that. They're noticing our words, our tone of voice, our body language, our attitude. And the third application that I would give for 1 Corinthians 13 in our parenting is to find opportunities to involve your kids in actively loving other people. So that might be inviting them into conversation um, at church. You know, it's not just adult to adult, but inviting your kids into that conversation. That might be service projects where they have an opportunity to, um, you know, go to the soup kitchen or a homeless shelter somewhere where they can interact with people who are different from them, where they can serve and actually get to know different people. Or this might even just be at home when you're having a conversation with your spouse or with a friend to invite your kids into that so that they can also be a part of the conversation. We can talk with them during that conversation, but also afterward about what was loving. Where did you struggle to love well? You know, what did that look like in that conversation? Okay, friend, our fourth and final scripture verse that we're going to look at today is Hebrews 10 verses 24 to 25, which tells us, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. And this is a passage that we often think about in the context of the church and how important it is to go to church, to be a regular committed member of your church, to be a part of a small group or a Bible study, to spur one another on, to meet together, to encourage one another. And I wonder if that's happening with your family. 
I wonder if you have considered how can you spur your children toward love and good deeds? How can you encourage them? We have so many opportunities as parents to do this. Whenever you're responding to sibling rivalry or you're talking with your kids about their friends and what's going on at school, you're noticing the needs of other people at church or in your community, you have the opportunity to help your child also think about in all these different moments, how can they be more loving? How can they engage in some sort of good deed that would help bless or encourage other people? But the primary application that I would encourage you to, to focus on for Hebrews 10, and what does it mean, what does it tell us about being a good parent, is to not give up meeting together as a family and to not give up meeting together with your church family. Because the more frequently you're together with, you know, mom, dad, brother, sister, you know, the family unit, that can include aunts and grandparents, I mean, all sorts of people. But when the family has opportunity to physically be together, and it's not just the holidays, it's not just the birthdays, it's not just the big special events, we can enjoy each other more fully. There don't need to be these unrealistic expectations of, you know, the perfect Christmas or the perfect birthday party. We don't need to have this overly planned schedule where everyone's involved in all the best sports and music activities and everything else going on, but yet we never have time to be together. We never have time to sit in our PJs on a Saturday morning and relax. Whatever's meaningful for your family, don't give up meeting together. But our kids also need to see us refusing to give up meeting with our church family. Now, a lot of churches um, separate out the kids. You know, they go to children's church or youth group or whatever it might be. Um, and of course, you want your kids to be involved with their peers and to be learning with other people who are in a similar stage of life with them. But they also need to see you connecting with the church family. They need opportunity to sit in big people church, to hear the sermon, to be a part of the worship music, if you want them to continue in the habit of church involvement as they get older. There is a lot of research pointing out that one of the big reasons why young adults walk away from the church is because all they ever knew was the super fun, loud music, we're playing games all the time, youth group. They didn't actually know what it was like to go to a regular church service, and then they become an adult all of a sudden they're in the regular service, it's super boring, and so they leave. Now, obviously, there's a lot more going on there spiritually. But when you think about how can I be a good parent, what do I learn from Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 to 25 about being a good parent? We learn that we need to get together as a family, be together, encourage each other, help each other, and we need to, as a family, gather with our church family. We need to show them what it looks like to commit to a local church, to invest in accountability and confession, to attend even when we don't like the topic of the sermon or even when it's not our favorite style of music. We need them to see us living out Hebrews chapter 10. So my friend, whenever you find yourself wondering, how can I be a good parent? It's, it's really not as complicated as we sometimes want to make it. We are a good parent if we love God and love our children 
and live our life purposefully. So take some time this week and reflect on these scripture passages, Galatians chapter 5 and the fruit of the Spirit, Ephesians 5.21 and what it calls us to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, 1 Corinthians 13, the famous chapter about love, and Hebrews 10 verses 24 to 25 as we think about gathering together and how we use the time when we are together. My friend, I hope that these passages are encouraging for you. And the last piece that I want to encourage you to think about as far as your parenting is to think about signing up for the Relationship Reset free five-day email course. Uh, A lot of people hear that and they think that's about refreshing and resetting my marriage, you know, getting us back on the, the same page together. And that's a great use of this email course. But you know what? I purposefully designed it so that it is equally relevant for a relationship with your kids or a relationship with a friend. And so if you do find that you're just kind of struggling with your kids, you don't feel as connected as you would like to feel, take a look at the link in the show notes for the Relationship Reset free five-day email course. All right, friend, don't forget to take a screenshot Post it in your Instagram stories and tag me at Love Your People Well along with your written review. Those are two entries in the giveaway, and there will be three more coming up for your copy of Boundaries along with a gift card for some coffee. All right, everybody loves a good giveaway. I hope this was an encouraging episode for you today. Hugs and blessings, my friend. I'll talk to you soon.